I look around and see many friends today. Carla asked me this morning, uh, do you think the light's gonna affect you? I said, well, if plan A happens, no. She looked at me and said, what do you mean plan A? I said, plan A is the rapture, I'm plan B. <laughs> so plan B, y'all got plan B. <laughs> Today's study is gonna be faithful to God. You know, uh, as the pastor introduced me, my name is Arnold Thomas. I feel strange by saying that most of y'all know me. I'm a deacon here, and that's an honor here at MBT. My wife, I'm married to Linda Thomas. She's the one with all the hair. And I, as you can see, I don't. <laughs> but faithful to God. I'm going to ask you this word, faithful. What comes to mind? Faithful. Is it steadfast? Is it dependability or is it God, faithful to God? The Noah Westford Dictionary, 1828. Yes, I do have one. And we used to use that before they had the internet. <laughs> Definition of faithful is firm in adherence to the truth, to the duties of religion, and it gives an example, believe it or not, it gives an example of Revelation 2, 10b. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you this morning thanking you, Lord God, for your faithfulness, Lord God. Faithfulness all the way up to the cross, Lord God. Even though, Lord God, you looked in time and saw us, and you want to have a relation with us. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God. When we turn our back to, against you, Lord God, you stay faithful. Oh God, I just pray that we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. For the past year, Pastor Kenny has taken us through a study of what it takes to have a, a deeper walk with God. So for us to have that walk with God, I believe we must desire to be faithful in at least, there's many areas, but at least three areas of our lives. And they are faithful to the word of God, faithful to the work of God, and faithful to worship of God. Faithful to the word of God is very important because if we don't get that right, we'll do the other two in, our, in the power of our flesh, and we know what the outcome of that will be. So let us see what it means to be faithful to the word of God. This area is very important, very important. I, I'm here to say that I think a lot of us Christians take it too lightly. And that's why we fail in the, God's mission for our lives. First, we must study God's word. Why that's so important? Because if we don't study God's word, we won't understand it. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It says, study to show thyself approved, not unto man, but unto God. Unto God. Unto God. 
Once we understand that, everything else should be simple. When we are faithful to God's word, word, we can train and encourage our children and others, guide and encourage our spouse, serve and minister to the body of Christ and the laws. Study the word of God is not only for our own benefit, but it's for the benefit of others. We see this example in Timothy's life. Stay there in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Go with me in chapter 1, verse 3 and 5, please. And we see this in the scriptures. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desire to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unframed faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in thee also. You see, Timothy, grandmother Lois, was faithful to the word of God. She passed that faithfulness to the word of God to her daughter Eunice. And Eunice instilled that faithfulness to the word of God to Timothy. So when Paul came along, he built on that foundation that was already laid and started discipling Paul, started discipling Timothy, I'm sorry. But that wasn't, it didn't stop there as if that was enough. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Man. You know what? This is a beautiful, beautiful picture of evangelism, discipleship, and Timothy's family. The same can be said about some of you and me. How many of y'all can remember a person in your life that was faithful to the word of God? And that is the reason why you are here today. Think about that. We also see that the word of God is so important to him that he magnified his word above his name. His word above his name. You know, we in Christian, we're so easy to say, Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. But how many times are we willing to spend a little time in the very thing that God puts above his name, his word? You see this in Psalms 138, verse 2 says, I worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified what? Thy word. Thy word above all thy name. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, and you, this comes, means a lot to me as you get older, as the pastor pointed out, I am a little older than him. Matter of fact, I think I'm about 16 years older than him, but we won't go there. It says, the grass withered, the flower faded, but the word of God shall stand forever. Faithful, the word of God stands forever. When we are faithful to the word of God, 
we understand that the word, that God's word is real. And we cannot, we cannot, we should not be persuaded otherwise. And that's why so many, and I'm sad to say, yes, Christians, when the trials come, they're not faithful to the word of God and they go their own way. Why we should be faithful to the word of God? Because we know that it's true, that we can stand on it. It's not a fable. We see this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 19. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 19 says, For we have not followed cutting device fables. No. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitness of his majesty, for he revealed from, the, from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellency glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, people. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto the light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. People, stand close to the word of God. Be faithful to the word of God. It's not a fable. That's why this book is being attacked because Satan, your enemy, knows how powerful this word is if we take it seriously. There are so many men and women mentioned in the Bible who were faithful to the word of God despite the circumstances around them. Abram was told to leave his family and go to a land that God will show him. Joseph told his brothers that after he died, one day, Yes, one day God will bring them out into the land that he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses was told by God to go back to Egypt, what? To lead his people to the promised land. Daniel, who purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Why? Because it went against God's law. If anything, remember this and take heed. If you're not faithful to the word of God, the results will be, you will be faithful to the God of this world. I've seen it. My pastor has seen it many times. With this, we have some practical applications I learned that from Jonathan as he was preaching. He'd always like to put practical application to everything. One of the practical applications of studying and being faithful to the word of God is this. Ask yourself, are you making time in the morning, having quiet time with the Lord, with his word? I understand you have kids, you got loved ones, you got a job. We all do. And Sometimes we can say we're too busy. But if we think about that, 
Lord, I'm too busy because I got this, 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 that. So what if God said, okay, what if I take all that, that, that away from you? Now you won't be too busy. No, in his mercy he won't. So take the time early in the morning. Give him the best of your time. Set a place in your house where it's quiet, where you won't be disturbed. It don't take that long to ask God, hey, I just want to understand your word. I just want to have fellowship with you. Have a reading. Have a set reading time with, with God. Study the word of God. Take time to study. Use the principle of Bible study. Apply those things to your life. I got a question. Have you joined a Bible study in Life Fellowship? I'm in Guy Bailey's Bible study. And I tell you, I've learned more about the chapters in the books of the Bible being in that man's Bible study than I have in a long time. Because why is that? We got a group of men that's got a, a love for the word of God and asking God to show us his word. And it's, it's very fun and it's very enlightening too. But the thing is, people, is this. Stay in the word of God. Are you growing in the word of God? Here's some steps. Have you joined COD, cause of discipleship? Or you been disciple? Yeah, even an old guy like me, are you going to LFBI? I'm taking a course in Acts. I'm auditing, but still, I've learned more about that book. And I've read it many a times, read through the Bible in a year, six months, but taking the time and learning the principles and it's being told to me, it enriched this word of God. Turn with me to Psalms 119, verse 9 through 16, and encapsulate what we're trying to say here. Psalms 119, verse 9 through 16 says, Wherewithal, wherewithal, shall young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statute. With my lips have I declared all the judgment of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimony as in much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precept, and I will. I have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. You see, Delight yourself in the word of God. Meditate in the word of God. Rejoice in the word of God. Hide the word of God in your heart, people. Take heed to the word of God. Because if you don't, the question before all of us is this. Proverbs chapter 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Believe me. Your enemy knows what it takes for you to sell the truth out. What would it take? Would it take a new job? 
would take money, would take a promotion to sell the word of God out? Will it take, hey, as pity as it is, me looking at you strange and you saying, oh, we're not friendly anymore. You leave, you know, get your feelings hurt. What will it take to sell out the word of God? Believe me, your enemy knows. Your enemy knows. Let's move on to the second phase. How to be faithful to the work of God. And this here, hold on, this gets a little personal. It deal with me. I'm a simple man, as the pastor's told you. Let's turn to, and y'all know this, Matthews 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. We call this the Great Commission. The question for all of us is this. Are we being evangelizing in our neighborhood, on our job, where we are? I was privileged to go to Laramie with uh, Larry and Anita. And while we was up there, Anita told us a story about Larry. It wasn't nothing personal. Don't get it. But she said, one day I asked Larry, I said, Larry, why is it that when we go out and witness to people, they just gravitate to you? And Larry, being the man he is, I thought he was going to come up with this deep theological answer. And it was so simple that it struck me. And I won't try to imitate him. He just said, I just pray. I just pray before I go out. I just pray before I go out and witness. Wow. Just pray. I'm going to give you all a testimony. What happened to me not a year ago, not three months ago, but yesterday. Keeping it real. I got up getting ready to go to LFBI, take my class, and I asked God, use me. As you can see, I'm not an external person, I'm an introvert. The old flesh is introvert. It's the Holy Spirit that's the extrovert. But I said, Lord, use me. So I took the class. I said, I got to go to the gym. I need to go home and study this out, but I got to go to the gym and get all these cobwebs out of my brain and so I can be... Uh, be really know what I'm talking about. So I went to the gym and went to, let me back up. I went to the smoothie shop and the reason why all this is important is a, a chain of events that happened. And this couple came in, I told them to go ahead. And they paid for my smoothie. So I ordered my smoothie and this voice said, that sounds good on them. I said, who's that? And it was this lady that used to sing with me believe it or not, 
in the gospel choir, and she asked his brother uh, Dave Hill, if we both still at KCBT. I said, no, we're, I'm with Sam Miles Club, uh, Church down at MBT, and I gave her a flyer. She said, I'm, I'd like to come and join, because I've been away from church since COVID, da, 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 I said, praise the Lord. So I go to the gym, finish my workout, and this man came to me, and he approached me, and we have talked many times. I always wear a shirt that says, you know, walk by faith, not by sight, another shirt that says, God is good all the time, just the stir up conversation. And this man's named Joseph. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, how you doing? He said, really, Arnold? Not too good. Whew, man, I hope I get through this. He said, Thanksgiving, I found out that my 25-year-old nephew has brain cancer. Yesterday, they called and said he fell down the step. He had an aneurysm. As he's telling me this, I'm listening to him. I said, man, I don't have nothing to complain about. And I looked at him. I said, you know what? I'm twice this man's age. Thank you, Lord. I asked him, and it just came out. I said, does he know the Lord Jesus Christ is his personal Savior? He looked at me with a strange eye. He said, I don't think so, Arnold. And this is not a slam to Catholics because, hey, I was raised up in Pentecostal, so we won't go there either. <laughs> but he said, you know, I was raised, he was raised in Catholic home. I don't think he is. But Joseph is, is safe. I said, Joseph, I'm going to give you this. It has to plan salvation, plain and simple. You go to him and you leave, give him the plan of salvation. I didn't stop there. In the middle of the gym, while everybody's working out, we stop and pray. I ask God to give him a divine appointment. Five minutes later, I'm leaving the gym. If that wasn't enough, I mean, hey, beware what you ask for, okay? <laughs> beware what you pray for, people. Because God will use you. Just be a ready vessel. So I go to Chick-fil-A, and I usually go through the drive-thru, but something said, I want to go through the walk-thru. Went in there, ordered a salad. I ain't gonna tell you what else, cause my wife is here. <laughs> and, you know, they have a table here, so I leaned back against the table, and this man, he's eating his sandwich. I looked to him, he said, hey, how you doing? I said, hey, how you doing? He looked at me, he said, well, not too good. I'm thinking in my mind, I said, whoa, okay. What you mean, not too good? He said, well, and this guy, he's a little bit younger than me. He said, my wife has Alzheimer. I'm learning how to deal with that. I'm a manager at my office and dealing with people there, dealing with bills that my wife used to take care of. And it just overwhelmed me. And I looked that man in the face. I said, look, you're an epitome of your marriage vows. He said, what you mean? I said, hey, anybody can stick with you during the happy days. It's during the sickness. Anybody can stick with you during the rich, but it's during the poor. I asked him, 
do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? After I said that, I said, hold on, that is kind of getting, you know, insensitive because you, this man just told you. But no, I may not meet this person again. May not never meet this person again. And that's a divine appointment. And you know what? He explained his salvation. He is saved and his wife saved. And I told him, his name is Carl. His wife, his name is Julie. I said, we would be praying for you and your wife, man. And I told him, man, I reassure him. I said, look, what you see is just temporary. What you see is just temporary. This is just temporary. You know what? That brings more light to this next verse. You don't have to turn with me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38 says this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth, what? Laborers unto the harvest. Who's the laborers? Who's the laborers? We are. We are the laborers. What's the harvest? The harvest that world out there. We're blessed, people. No, we're double blessed. We're double blessed. We're double blessed. Why say that? And it's no props to the pastors here, but because we got a word of God and we know this word. And if we don't know it, we have opportunity to know it. Not go through the polite word, rigmarole, that we was raised with, but know it. Know it unashamedly. Know what the word of God said and what we can stand on. So people, let's be laborers unto this harvest because you know what? Time is short. Time is short. There is no hiding place. My mama used to sing that song we get up. There's no hiding place down here. I'm not going to sing it. But <laughs> there's no hiding place. Your job's not safe. Your school's not safe. Your church is not safe. So we need to be out there giving the word of God. Don't expect the world to straighten up. They're just doing what they do. We need to get out there and give the word of God. Not only doing the work, that's doing the work outside, but let's do the work in here. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, and it shows us why it's so important to be faithful to the work of God in the church. Yes, in the church, I told you it's gonna get personal. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. And he gave some apostle, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saint. That's discipleship for the work of the ministry. That's evangelism for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's spiritual development. And when you give faithful men and women doing the work of God, the end result will be Ephesians 13 through 14, with one mind, one body, and one spirit, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carry about where every wind of doctrine 
by the slightest of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive you, to deceive you, to deceive you. You know, we have to look at this from God's perspective. It's not me, but it's we. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Prove all things, people. Hold fast that which is good. So the men and women who are faithful to the work of God, I encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Many of you here are so faithful to the work of God that this, need, this don't even apply to a lot of y'all. I'm not going to call names, but I'm just going to bring up incidents. You that's over the children ministries, y'all been through trials and tribulations in your life that was caused people to run away. I was there praying. Thank you for your faithfulness and look at it now. You that's over the praise worship. I stood back those many times y'all cried on the steps. But I knew the outcome was going to be the heartaches, the pain. Thank you for staying, being faithful. You that's over the baptismal ministries, y'all down there praying for people, making sure they understand what baptism is all about. So many ministries, y'all owe, and you're faithful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All I can give you for reassuring is this. Galatians 6, 9 says this. And let, not, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, yes, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Remember, there is a harvest coming, people. There is a harvest coming. Practical application for being faithful to the work of God is this. The question, ask yourself, how are you serving in your local church? There are calls that go out every week for opportunities to serve in Midtown. Kitchen. Mission Focus is coming up. It's a great place to start. Start there. There are several opportunities in ministries where, hey, you could just be there for that day. Like in Mission Focus. We need to help. Hospitality being faithful to the things that you need to do, do them unto the Lord, not unto man, not the, so you can get a praise from man, but unto the Lord. That's who you're doing it to. Because you know what? We all know this, but
but with our busy lives, I guess we can forget it. What will the judgment seat of Christ look like for you and me? That's it. Remember, we will be judged on the quality how we serve the Lord, the quality people. 1 John chapter 2, 28 says this, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Will we be ashamed? Will we be ashamed? Last point. Ooh. Being faithful to the worship of God. I believe we must surrender three things to the Holy Spirit for us really to understand how to be faithful to the worship of God. Turn with me, and we're going to stay here to the end, believe me, to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 says this. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Hmm. And Abraham said, Behold, here I am. This is very important. Why is that? Because... When he heard God call him, he didn't question God or did he run away from God. But he stood still and said, behold, here I am. Some of us today have too many distractions in our lives to hear the voice of God. The world, our flesh, keeps us from hearing God's voice when we read his word. And that's why we get so frustrated with it. But there is a way we can hear God's voice but it will cost you something as we went over. Die to the flesh. None of us want to get up early in the morning. I don't want to get up early in the morning. I'm retired and I don't want to get up in early in the morning. I'm just be for real with you. But I say, Lord, you're worth it. Because you could take the breath away from me. I won't get up, okay? <laughs> we must die to the things of this world. Give him your best. He deserves it. How many times he's answered your prayers? Even the small ones, he's answered it. Isn't he worth that little time? Yes. I believe if you give him that now, during the good times, you'll hear his quiet voice. And then when the bad times come along, you'll hear that same voice said, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though there be removed, and though the mountains be carried to the midst of the seas. See, hey, it's that quiet time you develop that relationship with God that when all this other stuff happens, and it happens to you personally, it don't faze you. It's not because of your strength, it's because of the Holy Spirit and that relationship you develop with God. We all can do it. We all have the ability to do it.
thing is, is this. Will we do it? Will we do it? Will we do it? You know what? Abraham was also, we, he, this is a way he, we heard God's voice in the darkness. He heard his, God's voice in that dark, quiet place. We can hear God's voice in that dark, quiet place. What I mean by that dark, quiet place, I mean that place where we don't understand what's going on. But we know his will is done in our lives. Second thing, we must have a heart for the service of the Lord. Abraham rose up early in the morning. Genesis 22, 3, verse 3 through 4 says this. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, and cleaved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham was intentional. Can God say that about some of us? About fulfilling the task at hand. His heart did not waver because for the three days, three long days, some of us can wait on God for three long minutes. Three long days, Abraham kept going. Imagine, Abraham just, God just told you to set, go sacrifice your son. That one day, that tomorrow journey, but three long days journey, afar off. See, when we read these verses, and I was guilty of it, we kind of, what I want to say, we kind of put them on a higher scale. Well, he had, you know, he talked with God, so he had ability. No, 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 no. All of y'all got kids. And I know we live in a time of uh, grace, you know. But if God asks you to sacrifice your only son or your only daughter, the agony that would, that would cause. This man went through agony for three long days. But he was intentional fulfilling God's purpose in his life. Abraham also had a walk of faith, which produced what? Sacrifice and true worship. Genesis 22, 5 says this. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. You see, at that very moment, Abraham had faith that somehow, some way, God, his Jehovah Jireh, was going to make a way out of no way. He knew that as he walked up that mountain, step by step, to sacrifice his son, that he and his son would come back. So you see, Abraham did not start worshiping God three days ago in Genesis 22. No, 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 no. Abraham started worshiping God back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, which says, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. This is when he had the ears to hear the voice of God and had a heart for the service of the Lord. At the end of the day, it manifests into a walk of faith. He had a walk of faith, that same walk of faith that's promised to you and me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we, for we walk by faith, by, not by sight. Practical application for all of us is this. Trials in your life. 
just go over a few. Fall, 2018, one-third of my colon was removed. C. diff almost killed me. August, 2021, colon almost killed me. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not fall. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why is that? Why is that? Because of me, thou art with me. Victories. God healed me from the colon operation. C. diff and my faith in God grew stronger. God healed me from colon. I witnessed and prayed with the hospital staff. Job 13, 15. Though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. There's many trials. I'm 66 years old. And since I told Carla that uh, the rapture haven't happened, so hey, I, must, I at least got 66 and a day left. <laughs> I'm going to go through more trials, more tribulation. If I stick with this word, faithful to the word, which produce faithful to the work, which will produce faithful to the worship of God, he'll see me through the end.